Thank you for pressing play on Don't Filter Feelings. I'm Lauren Layfield, and on this podcast, we have conversations about issues that matter with people who have stories to share. This episode is all about difference and what it means, and I'm with Amy Conican and Kieran Richardson. The only thing that made me different to everybody else in that class would be I was the secret gay one, but why does that make me different? Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way that I could hide my difference. Mm. It's very in your face. It's a physical thing. Mm. Different in that sense, to me, is just a fact. Amy and Kieran, welcome to Don't Filter Feelings. We are recording this podcast on the set of Hollyoaks. Kieran, we're in the Lomax's living room. Are you living here right now? Um, so, do I live here at the moment? No, I don't think I do. Um, I've got quite a controversial storyline, which means my family have kicked me out, rightly so. So I'm living in another house, which is somewhere in Hollyoaks. Nowhere has got an actual place that I know. It's a house that's somewhere... In Hollyoaks, yes. Is it weird, like, when you come back and you've not acted in this place for a little while and you're reminded of all of the former storylines that you did? Well, you've moved my TV around a little bit. Oh, sorry. This is like a podcast, but it's like a film cast. We're actually getting filmed yeah, at the same are. time so you can watch this, the inaugural show. <laughs> it's like a ship setting sail. It's a little bit. Let's hope it doesn't sink, Amy. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Amy, did you live in... Did you... You all carry to live in this... In this flat... House? Flat? Yeah, I I lived here. This was my first home in Hollyoaks. Was it? And it is weird being back here because I did all of my nervous scenes when I first started. And I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, <laughs> all so your nervous cute. scenes. All my nervous scenes. Like when you try. As to in, just... the character wasn't nervous. I just was nervous. Oh, right. <laughs> Do you feel oh. a little bit nervous now, just being back? Um, no. She's got rid of it. <laughs> she was nervous because she was flat sharing with Steve. That was it. Yeah. I didn't think I could um, match. <laughs> The, the legend. The, the legend. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Um, the first question that we ask um, guests on this podcast is, how are you feeling today, Amy? Um, I feel slightly itchy because I just got a, a haircut before I came here. Oh, has it gone down your jumper? I, I feel like it's. I've got like hair, little mm. tiny hairs all over me. On the plus side, hair looks great. Oh, thanks. It looks really thanks. luscious. Yeah, <laughs> thought I'd get it done for the for <laughs> the podcast, especially for the podcast. Oh, Amy, thanks. <laughs> Kieran, how I'm feeling, are you feeling less itchy. Not <laughs> yeah, haircut. Good. Got great hair though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a very solid haircut. Thank you very much. How do I feel today? Um, you know what, to be fair, if I was being completely honest... Please. I would say I've just come out of a little bit of a haze and I'm actually feeling good right now, but I didn't this morning. Oh, really? Was it one, yeah. of, those, one of those difficult mornings, was it? Just having a bad bad couple of days, just when things aren't really going right and then running out of time doing things mm. and then wanting to be at home with family and... Yeah, so... But now I feel good. I feel like... I always you know, think that those bad things... They are, I do think they often come in threes, those things. And you can have, like, three bad days of rubbish mm. and then the light starts to come over the horizon. I have to book holidays, like, as checkpoints to get to, especially mm. if you work really hard. And you think, what are you doing it for? Yeah, you're doing it to live in a nice house or drive a nice car or just put food on the table but also I like to book a holiday to be like if I just work really hard for these six weeks then I can have a little weekend break and then I'll do that and then book something else I always have to have a checkpoint to look forward to what have you got booked in at the minute? Uh, so what's my checkpoint? My next one is a holiday to Portugal. Hey, many checkpoints on the horizon for you? I have no checkpoints. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I just did one that last weekend at the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, nice. Was it, it good? Yeah, it was fab. So I, good acts. I I'm back ready to, to work again. Yeah, nice. I saw, I saw lots of good acts. So much talent out there. Oh, I've never been and I keep meaning to go and I am going to go next year. Hold me to account. Oh, you have to make it happen. Everyone says it's incredible. Um, right, we are here to talk about growing up differently. So, Amy, we'll start with you. You are a wheelchair user. Yeah. What was it like growing up when you were, especially when you were younger? Um, 
I feel like when I was younger, uh, it was easier than now. Interesting. Um, not that I don't think it's hard now, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that children, in a sense, kind of just accept what they're given. If you give them a, an answer to their question, i.e., why is that lady not have any legs, and you tell them, um, they're like, oh, cool, cool. And then they get over it. Sure. Um, I think it cut the kind of feeling of difference comes from adults who are kind of worn down by the world mm-hmm. um, and I suppose it's, it depends on what they teach their children mm-hmm. and what environment the children have been in for their short lives so I think growing up it really wasn't it didn't I didn't feel all that different um, and I also have a twin sister mm-hmm. so I think I just kind of did everything she did um, and my parents never treated us any different so and can, are you alright to tell us why it is that you use a wheelchair uh, yeah I've just I've got a spinal condition that I was born with um, so yeah basically can't use my legs but everything else works mm-hmm. fine and your and your you said was it twin sister you said I've got a twin sister, twin sister yeah so d- does your twin sister have the same disability at all no she's completely average <laughs> I, this, you know this is always the difficult thing isn't it like it, you we really want to be mindful about kind of what terminology like we we use surrounding disabilities what do you how do you refer to your condition and i would say i'm a wheelchair user a wheelchair user yeah. that's interesting and i would call you able-bodied and you call exactly so yeah. your your twin you would consider able-bodied, able-bodied yeah. yeah but i know a lot of people um with disabilities don't like the term able-bodied yeah, so this is the i think really interesting territory because like you said there's there's, there's many different things that people enjoy being called or don't enjoy being called or, or whatever it is so i always think it's really interesting to say like how would you like to be spoken about yeah. since we're talking about you today you yeah. know um so that's interesting you said about growing up with with your sister and not letting it kind of hold you yeah back. what was that kind of childhood like for you it was fun. I mean, we had I've had a very nice life. I get, I I don't come from a place where I really had to fight the system to kind of make my life what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously it comes with the, it's hard points. I suppose everybody has that. Um, but yeah, I think we had a really nice childhood. Um, I had lots of friends that just accepted what I was and what yeah. I am. Um, and I think, I think if the the people who I grew up with now go on to kind of feed that into the people that they hang around with, mm. or if they have children, that they kind of feed that onto them. And I think if you're surrounded by that from an early age, um, you you take it into adulthood. And it's really interesting because so many people have such different experiences of it, and it's really like refreshing, like that you had like a, a, a good experience. Yeah, with it, I would never go. I would if I could go back now and change it. I would I would just be as I am. And and what about your sister? Was she ever kind of like mindful? Of, of the fact that you were in a wheelchair like did she ever kind of like want to look after you or like wrap you up in cotton wool or anything like that um not not so much but she definitely does look she always has looked after me mm. um and she kind of naturally does it now uh like for example when we were in edinburgh she just spent the whole day that we were there together pushing me up hills because oh, Edinburgh is a massive hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she just does it and it doesn't bother her and, and I think that's That's really cute. And also, yeah. good, she'll get strong biceps then. Yeah, she was it? like, so, I can really feel it in my bum. Do you know, it's good. It's <laughs> giving her free gym membership. That's why yeah. I think, do you know what I mean? Um, and obviously now you're on Hollyoaks and it's um, just really refreshing. You're You're not playing... 
a disabled character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She is just a character, isn't she? How was, how did the, the role come around for you? I think the thing that I was really conscious of coming into a show like Hollyoaks is I didn't want to tell any more stories about how hard it is being disabled and how much of a shame it is if you are disabled. Um, and I... The, the response I got from that was that everyone felt the same way. Why that, was it important for you to portray a different side to it? Because I don't think it's representative of the world as it is. Um, and it's certainly not my experience. So I I feel like I would I would struggle to tell that story because I haven't experienced that. And obviously we, we all play parts that we've never, and tell stories that we've never experienced. I mean, I'm sure you've never been... A, a racist or a murderer or whatever you've done yeah um and let's hope not <laughs> yeah so it's not in that sense but i in the world that i live in having a disability is not a bad thing mm-hmm. and also i don't think that it's it, it's good to continue on trying to tell that story and i just kind of think it feeds ableism a little bit mm-hmm. when we always tell stories of how how hard it is to be and that's literally like you're right it's all you see you know if you ever see a a a character that has got disability it's always like there's a sadness around it or they can't or they you know they're unable to do something and it's just we've seen it yeah get it like let's move on i i think in its simplest form people are just bored of hearing that story yeah i just want to tell it i want to tell other stories Yeah, yeah what was it like for you and breaking into the world of of tv and acting is it something you always wanted to do yeah i always wanted to to be an actress um when I was really little, my sister went to dance classes and I kind of did that for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but kind of realised it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So then I went to my local drama and I just was like, this is it, found it, yeah. this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously it was difficult and I went to a kind of more advanced drama group and the lady there said to me, oh, you know, you you have no chance of ever getting into drama school. Because especially when they're a person of authority or older than you, yeah. you're taking what these people say is... At that moment in time, you must have thought she's the person that's going to yeah. make this happen for yeah, you. But she's absolutely. actually the person that's trying to stop it for you as well. Yeah. So how to get past that? I mean... I'm very much the kind of person that if you tell me not to do something, then I'm going to want to do it. Love it. Uh, so when she said that, I just, I really, really, really wanted to prove that that wasn't the case, that yeah. she was wrong in that sense. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of other very positive encouragement from everyone else in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of went and did it. And I know... It works differently for every single actor. I mean, we've not had the same, me and you, Kieran, haven't had the same journey to get to the same point Mm -hmm. in a sense. So I'm not saying that the way I did it was exactly the right way, Mm -hmm. but I went to drama school in the end, which took many years to, to happen. And I think at the time, we didn't see a lot of people in the media who looked like me. Mm. And I think that scares people. And especially when I you're think in... we don't see that many people now, though, really. Yeah, but we've we? definitely moved on, it's though. I would definitely has. see a change. It's still not a huge amount, considering we are in 2019. Yeah. Come on, guys. I, I completely agree. But I do think there is a, an effort now to, to mm. make that change. Yeah. And what would you like to see in terms of representation on TV going forward? Like, where does it go next? I think we just need to see more people, more people with disabilities that vary um, and telling stories about normal people mm-hmm. um, that I almost feel like it starts in casting where you don't 
pigeonhole people so much where that character when an agent gets a breakdown or whatever um they don't think oh, well the character isn't disabled so i can't right. put you forward for it yes it's like well it doesn't say that she's not though doesn't say she's not exactly yeah. because your immediate thought would be when that little bio comes through and they go female yeah 35 ish blonde hair like oh well it doesn't say that they use a wheelchair so oh you're not gonna be appropriate for that do you know yeah. like that is like a, a thing that it's changing that kind of bias i think that is ingrained in people's heads somewhat yeah isn't definitely it? it's just about thinking slightly differently and moving away from the patterns that's always been mm-hmm. have you ever been to a casting before where they've specifically asked for a disabled actress or actor yeah everything <laughs> how does that make you feel though um I mean, I think at the time, because I'm relatively, obviously I've been on Hollywood for three and a half years now. Um, and before that, I was only a year out of drama school. So I think I was very happy to just ride the wave of whatever I was being put up for or right, getting yeah, or opportunities that came my way. Um, but as long as I, I still was very kind of um, set on, I didn't want to tell any sob stories. Um, so as long as it wasn't that, I was kind of fine with it. Um, it's a hard thing, isn't it? Because it's wanted, so they want to represent people, but at the same time, you don't want to just be like, well, hi, I'm in a wheelchair, so pick me. Yeah. Because you want to feel like you get these roles based on your abilities and your and your own merits and your expertise yeah. isn't it so it's a really hard one to tread isn't it yeah and that's that's a really hard pill to swallow if someone makes out that that's why you're here you're here um, yes and I don't believe that that's why I'm here I don't believe that's why I've been successful thus far mm-hmm. um but I can see why people would think that initially and in a similar vein uh, what's your viewpoint there's a lot of talk about it at the minute about uh, able-bodied actors playing roles of of characters with a disability. How how do you feel about that? Um, I don't. I just don't think it's acceptable now. I don't think that we can continue on like that. I think. Um, did you ever see the theory of everything? Was, yes. Yeah. Yes, with um, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable performance. What an actor. Yeah. He deserved. I think he won an I Oscar. Think he won, he did win the Oscar. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. But there is a moment in that film where the character walks. Yeah. Well, not a moment for half of the film yeah. at the beginning. So I understand that yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Um. Uh. Thinking back now, just because it's now on Netflix, <laughs> um, Glee, when that character was he, always in a wheelchair and the guy was not disabled. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand that. But I suppose if if people aren't seeing um, enough people, they don't think they have... But then on the other side of that, if we were to to flip it and go, if it's just based on talent, maybe they did have disabled actors up for the audition as well, as well as able-bodied. Then, but what about if he was just the most talented out of yeah, that pool? Yeah, it's it's it is that. It's a really hard debate, isn't it? Because you're exactly right, like like we were saying we want people to get jobs based on On their merit and their talent and what they can do but at the same time if our mindset is wired into always going for you know the non-black person or the non-disabled person you know it it gets really tricky then doesn't it because at what point do we give them their opportunities that, that we need to be giving them yeah and you don't want it to come across about ticking boxes either that if we're in the entertainment industry and it's about entertainment which comes from talent that that's where the main focus should be mm-hmm. and I get we should have like representation but 
it has to be done in the correct form. Yeah. It and, can't and be just a ticker box. Again, yes, exactly. Like gratuitous isn't yeah. going to make anyone feel good because yeah. like you said, you don't want to arrive and feel like, oh, I've just... And like Amy's this. just said, all her storylines that she's done hasn't been focused mm-hmm. no. on yeah. she's in a wheelchair or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And she's still here three years later and we have a high turnover of cast in this right, show, don't yeah. we? Exactly. There's a murderer every week yeah. killing somebody yeah. off and she's yeah. she's stuck she around for three years is based on talent exactly yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah totally and I, I do I completely agree and I really hope that in that sense it was based on talent but I do when you're saying that oh, we don't want it to be box ticking I completely agree I don't want to be a, a ticked box either but if we're on the path path of moving forward to where we want to be it is still a process so we have to make the we have to make changes along the way and then hopefully it will get to that point yeah. where we just see we don't think anyone about it. Yeah. yeah um Kira moving on to your character your character is gay mm-hmm. you are gay yourself yep What's it like to come out twice is the note I've got on this piece of paper, does it? Um, so if I was to go back to like school days, when obviously all I wanted to do was hide it from everybody, yeah. let alone tell the world. Um, yeah, it would be crazy to think that just a few years from leaving school, I would so publicly tell everybody that I was gay. Once on telly, no, both on telly, my character and for me. Um, See, so how did that, how did the process so happen? Basically, like, I'll tell you tell the, me the story. story of how it Give happened. Give me the tea. So I got the part in Hollyoaks. Yeah. And I just found the gay village in Manchester. So Great I was night playing out. a straight character in the show that was super straight. Steve was this scally at the time that was, it was another he horrendous storyline. girl line, called Amy. Amy yes. And it was a teenage domestic abuse storyline. Um, and I would go out on the streets in the gay village and people would be like, oh my God, you're gay. And I'd be like, um, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I don't so know. I'd be terrified to tell anybody and also thinking, but then I'm supposed to play this really straight character. So I'm supposed to hide that I'm gay. I haven't told my parents yet. Great. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when your character first came onto Hollyoaks, you were kind of like this, like, manly stud kind of character. Like, you were making yeah. the magazines for being, like, a bit of a looker. and oh, you know, really. But and of course, mom, now you're not that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you were kind of like eye candy for Massive the girls. eyebrows, big ears. No. Uh, so I was going around the street trying to hide it as well and thinking, more people are asking me, what do I do? And then I ended up doing Dancing on Ice. Yes. And I, I couldn't hide who I was anymore, I guess. Why? Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. What do you mean, Dancing on Ice meant you couldn't hide who you was? Well, I just guess I was showing everybody my actual real personality and yeah. not this horrendous guy at the time Steve who was beating up his girlfriend um, I was showing people who I was and then people were, Twitter just came out so uh, then great. he was seeing a little bit of things online from it um, not anything negative so just going oh just I wonder he's gay yeah right. obviously my family still didn't know at this point and then a newspaper at the time rang Hollyoaks and said we know that Kieran's gay and we've got three gay kiss and tell stories <gasps> I can't bear the dirty world of tabloid newspapers. Yes. Is this actually what happened? But this conversation happened while my mother was with us at the time. So she was like, what? Three gay what? And I'm like, oh, mum, <laughs> oh let's, let's sit down in the house and talk about this. So we I had, can't believe this is your coming out story. Yeah, so we had a discussion with my mum and it was, it, was, it, was, it was quite emotional and amazing because my mum had told me that when my nan was dying, one of the last things that she'd said to her was, tell Kieran I know he's gay he's always been gay and I, I love him and I was like oh that's wow. one of the last things my oh nana ever said God. she knew before I knew oh my God. so it was quite it was actually quite special how it happened but then I had this grievance with 
how newspapers ha- handle it. So I was like, it shouldn't be like this. A straight person shouldn't be on the front of whatever newspaper saying, guess what, guys? I'm straight. Yeah, totally. Give me all this money for saying it. Right. It's just the ethics about it is all completely wrong. And I wanted to get through this dancing competition just on that and either not get sympathy votes because people felt sorry for me of how it had happened. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. It could have gone the other way. People were like, get him out. Oh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just wanted to get through the show and, and that was it. And what point in the competition were you at at this point? Like, I got all the way to the final. <laughs> <laughs> Little old me. Yeah, baby. Um, so anyway, I'd done that, finished Dancing and I, still didn't tell anybody apart from my family and it was all fine. And then there was a new producer at Hollyoaks at the time. He'd come in. Obviously, new producers want to come in and change things up. So he must, I don't know if he watched Dancing and Ice, but he was like, we're going to make Steve gay. And like, <laughs> and just like that, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Um, so, yeah, then I had to think about it and be like, okay. So, so did they, the production knew you were gay at that point? Yeah, but I don't think it was because, oh, because he's gay, we're going to make the character Right. It was, it was just interesting that they knew they were going to do this domestic abuse relationship in the same sex. And I'd, uh, just, I'd just been the abuser in a teenage relationship yeah. and then they wanted to turn the abuser into the victim so it all would have tied in together yeah, yeah. Um, so brilliant storyline went away and thought about it and was like okay let's do this and obviously every single interview that I'd, I would have done from that point would yeah. have been can you relate to Steve oh tell God. us about your sexuality how fed up did you get with that well yeah well, you don't, I don't want to lie so I was like well, I have to tell people now and did you feel a responsibility to be sort of this like gay spokesperson all of a sudden well the interesting part of it was before the decision was made of how it was going to happen a few people in the industry had said to me the minute you do that you will never work again and Shut that's going up. to be it it's going to be the worst thing you could ever do where do they get this it was just and it wasn't so long ago it was 2010 yeah i think it was 2010 Nine years. yeah and it's it was so different just back then there wasn't many gay kissing no? kisses on television no? i think in hollyoaks we'd only had john paul and craig do a little peck even at that point it yeah. wasn't like what you see nowadays so it's changed a tea lot time snogging as the years. channel yes. four advert goes um, that i feature in. <laughs> i know i know you're um, the first shot on it so now. where are we up to so we get to coming out in the show and obviously gonna have interviews so i was like i'm not gonna do it with the newspapers because i'd had been upset by them of how it was handled so i was yeah. like i know i'm gonna be the first person to ever come out on television because no one's done that before and i like to always be a little bit different anyway so then we got in contact with this morning and said we were going to do an interview and this is what we were going to say um so we did it with holly and phil and yeah i was the first person to ever come out on telly so from that little boy in school that was so petrified and to the boy in dancing and ice that wanted to hide it to then just so publicly do Literally it actually put it on the biggest i was like i'm gonna own it instead show. yeah and this whole show that we're doing today about don't feel feelings and celebrate different i've always pushed against the word different because i feel like especially in this LGBT world, it's all about equality and we're supposed to be equal and it's supposed to be different. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, am I different because of who I go to bed with? Mm-hmm. Am I different because I, do I look gay? Is it is it by look or is it by feel what, what makes me different? That's the bit that but I That's literally my next question. Who has decided what's normal and what is different? Exactly, because if we go back to Amy at the beginning of the conversation, you were asked about your twin sister and then you went and she is um, 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 and you were going to say normal and yeah. then you changed it to yes. average but why does why is your sister not different why are you yeah. saying that you're different that's a good point it's, it's a she really is different question. to me what, isn't it? why do we think that we're the different ones uh, is it because of representation in the media because 
I don't know. It's hard to know, isn't it? Like a pre-television radio entertainment. I think. World. I think it is. And this would is, they have not gone? Like, you're different, or would they just said, "Oh, he's the one who whatever it's it is." It's what we see on television and mm. what we see online and social media and all the boring things. Basically, Instagram is like this is what you should look like. Mm. This is the food that you should eat. This is where you should shop. When you watch televisions, it's like this is how you should act. This is how you shouldn't act. I suppose the great thing about I'm not trying to be like Holly Oaks, Holly Oaks. <laughs> no, should. But you the should great thing well, about this show <laughs> is, and I know we're doing the campaign to celebrate different, but I feel like our different is, even though we're the two people that are sat in this chair today talking about being different, our stories. We aren't different. My sexuality as a character is the least important thing about him, really. Yeah. If you think about all the stories that he's done, his sexuality is probably the least important thing about him. Or the tenth most interesting thing. You, as Amy's saying about what she's gone through in the Mm -hmm. storylines you've done, the fact that you're in a wheelchair, again, is the the least important thing that's the... I'm going back to what your your nan said about she knew you were gay before probably you even did. Go on, Beryl. (laughs) Go on, Beza. Um, How... How early did you know you were gay did it, look, we were saying obviously Amy was saying like her childhood it was just normal childhood really was your did you feel differently in childhood was it at all difficult for you yeah no, I felt it was a normal childhood and you, you, you question little things um, I'd watch programs and be like I think I feel something for that <laughs> he's fit man <laughs> um, so I'd pause I would question it then but obviously I didn't act on anything yeah. um, and then I really didn't I just was like no surely not me um, there was nobody else in my school that was that was gay. There was nobody in my family. Mm. There was nobody in my local area that I could relate to. It especially wasn't on television. There was one program called Queer as Folk, which mm-hmm. was on Channel Four. Maybe this is going to be my life in the future. <laughs> I didn't think in a million years that it actually would be, yeah, just yeah. because it, what it was like back then. Yeah, yeah. But it's so different now. It's interesting. The, the the words different. I feel like it's provoking sort of different reactions. I push against it because I feel like it's a negative thing. I, I don't like being classed as different. And I think... Is that because of your experiences growing up, do you think? Why is well, it I think so. Maybe you? if we go back to the classroom and if you were to put me in... in my what class was it IT there we go this is a great one IT the only thing that made me different to everybody else in that class apart from there was boys and girls mixed gender would be I was the secret gay one so that makes me different that's your perception that's why I push against that Mm because now I'm always that boy in IT throughout my whole life because I am the gay one but why why does that make me different Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because anyone from the outside will go well no Kieran's different because he's yay height and he's got like brown hair he's got like blue eyes do you know what I mean but you I wish I could think like that you can only lock into that one or you could only lock into yes. that one thing at that point because it was so important to you. Whereas, Amy, I feel like, what, like, what does difference mean to you? Well, I think there is a difference between um, when you think you're different and you're trying to hide that. Whereas there's absolutely no way that I could hide my difference. Mm. It's very in your face. It's a physical thing. Mm. Um, and I think for that, you just have to accept that. So different in that sense, to me, is just a fact Mm -hmm. it's not a good or a bad thing it's not an emotion there's no emotional attachment to that um and when i was at drama when i was really young i remember the same lady actually said i would never go to drama school said to me amy you're unique you're different and different is creative Mm -hmm. and at that time when i was trying to be an actor (laughs) um i was like yes i am different and i am creative so i think sometimes when i when i think when if someone refers to me as different i think that's probably 
I and interesting think. as well like in in the world of acting you want to stand out you want to be the yeah. person that everyone yeah. sees you know whereas in a classroom full of awful hormonal 14 year old teenagers you don't want to be yeah. seen you want to hide yeah. isn't it that's really interesting yeah Kira, can you can you see that point of view yes <laughs> um but i would like to ch- change i want to make my own different i don't want that boy in the class to decide what my different is so i would say uh, my different is i want chocolate all the time my different is i've got an addiction to chocolate and i love it and i am a legend there you go i love that and i want that i want i agree with that too i want that too i want want, yeah we want you not different then we're all the same (laughs) you have all the chocolate you want bobby thank you But look, are we able to do that realistically in today's world? Are we not just living in a world of labels and assumptions? I think so, yeah. I think we're always wanting to put a label on everything, (laughs) whether you're gay, straight, disabled, black, white, whatever. Is Is there any benefit to putting labels on people, do you think? I think it in kind of its simplest form maybe people, people find are it owning more their labels now aren't they it's yeah just, people, hashtag, people like basically. that yeah, yeah. They, they like to be able to say what they are point blank this is what I am and I think for other people as well who are who are taking that information in they it kind of lets their mind kind of process it a bit easier mm. Um, I also think yeah. we live in a world of like social media bios. You're expected that's what I'm saying. That's why to... people are owning it by they yeah, hashtag they everything and they hashtag who they are. Who they are. You've got to be a hashtags. personal yeah. brand now. Even if you like work in a supermarket, you're expected to have this bio that says your name, age, and who you are, and what you are, and what you believe in. And I think yeah. it's probably created this sense of having to label everything up a little. Bit. It's almost like if you don't take on your label, whatever that may be, people see it as a negative. Like, oh well, you you don't accept who you are. You're not you're not living your truth. Yeah. Whereas that's yeah. not necessarily true. But I, that's what people say. How do you feel about labeling sexuality? I think that's the weirdest one for me. I think who cares? It doesn't bother me. People are t- too wrapped up in it, maybe. It's now LGBTQ+. It's like everybody, it's about inclusion and equality, and I get that, but it's it's been t- maybe t- too forced, I don't know. Um, what, you, what you can say, what you can't say. We Queer used to be offensive, but then they've put the Q yeah. on the LGBTQ. Because when I did my documentary, it was called Raised by Queers at first, and people were kicking off about it, going, that's offensive. But I'm like, well, we had a programme called... Queer as folk. Queer as folk. And Queer eye okay for the straight back eye. Then. Queer eye for the straight eye. The cues in that. So I'm like, I don't know what we can say or what we can't say in, in terms of as a label as well. And I always end up getting it wrong. So. Yeah. It is hard. Uh, but it's so good that we're able to talk about this today. And thank you so much for joining us and not filtering your feelings. Uh, final question. What is the one bit of advice to anyone listening right now who may be feeling different? You're not the only one. There's many others out there like you who you just have never met and you have to believe that and wait to find your wait to find your peoples yeah it helps Kieran there is no norm there is no average okay there is a difference and I've accepted that from today's podcast you learn things <laughs> um, but <laughs> the difference doesn't have to be negative or what you see as your negative somebody else will see that as that makes you amazing so you if you want to own the word different i would say make it about the best attributes of yourself mine being i'm an absolute legend (laughs) 
Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you thank for coming you. on. It's been a pleasure. And if you want more Don't Filter Feelings, then you can search for the hashtag or check out Hollyoaks on your social feeds. And if you've heard anything uh, that you would like some help and support with on this podcast, you can head over to channel4.com forward slash support. I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast and it would be brilliant if you could leave us a rating and review the episode wherever it is that you listen because more ratings and reviews means more and more people will hear about this podcast. So please do take a second to spread the word for us. And in the next episode of Don't Filter Feelings, we will be talking about autism. Before I was diagnosed and people didn't know that I had autism, even when I was diagnosed, people still treated me Mm. in a way that they shouldn't have.